We wanted a way that agents could hone their craft and be a part of a larger community, get the resources they need and information they need to know. We cover relevant topics in the industry that will help you close more sales. We talk to top producers and industry leaders to share knowledge and best practices from around the country. So if you want to make more sales, then listen up because we're dropping gold. All right. So guys, um, welcome. If you're here to uh, watch this video, the reason I have my great friend Galen Hendricks on the Zoom call with me today is because yesterday I did a live video about what you should expect from an FMO as an insurance agent. And what I thought would be cool is if I bring in an FMO's perspective so that if what I said was dumb, <laughs> that I could get corrected because I don't mind, you know, I'm not so, uh, I'm not so stubborn to believe that I have all the right answers. And so I wanted to bring in an FMO's perspective. So who better than Galen Hendricks, who is the amazing queen of the bundle. If you guys don't know who she is, you need to know who she is. She has been in this business, how long, over 35 years? 35 years 35 and years and so we're talking about somebody who has experience in the underage health market ancillary products uh medicare products final expense products you name it she has her uh amazing shop that focuses on helping insurance agents grow and be the best they can be uh and on top of that she is such an amazing trainer at showing agents where they are missing out on a lot of premium, and that is in the cross-sell, which is why we call her the queen of the bundle. So, Galen, real quick, tell them what the bundle is. like, Because the bundle can mean something depending on who you're talking to, right? If you're talking to an underage 65 or, or a Medicare prospect, like, tell them what the bundle is. So, great question. Thanks for having me, as always. Uh, hello, everybody. Happy afternoon. It's Friday. Yeehaw, as they say here in Texas. Uh, you know, the bundle for me is always about the customer. And I think that that is where, as agents, we really need to start. You know, in, an, uh, in a senior turning 65, I always love to tell those uh, prospects, you're never going to get healthier or wealthier than you are today because you're turning 65, you've hit the promised land. So at that point in time, you know, we're either going to be looking at a med sup or a med advantage as their base plan. And then we're going to be talking about a cancer plan, especially if they're on a med advantage plan. So we'll start there. Med advantage, always, if they've only got $30, it's cancer first. If they've only got $60, it's cancer, cancer. <laughs> but if they've got $90, then it's definitely cancer, home health care for that uh, MedAdvantage client. A lot of people get on the hospital indemnity bandwagon uh, because it covers all illnesses, and that's great. But I'm telling you, if a client is on a MedAdvantage plan, they're probably going to be in a Medicaid pending situation if they have to go into a nursing home or a retirement place that not everybody wants to go to. Yep. Uh, so we want to make sure we've taken care of them. So that's a great retirement package for that med advantage client. So we have the 30, 60, 90 that we teach, and that's just getting to a budget. So now you're building a comprehensive plan for that med advantage client for around $90. That's a great deal for 90 bucks. I mean, that's their retirement package. They're going to have like three to four plans in one for $90. Yeah. 
If they're a Medicare supplement client, we are always going to talk dental vision hearing. Always, always, always. We're going to talk cancer because those people want to go to the absolute best treatment hospital they can for cancer. So they want a cancer plan for the travel, but they really want the cancer plan for the same reason the MedAdvantage client does, the specialty tier drugs. Those are so expensive, and that's what drains people's bank accounts. Not the donut hole that we've known up until this year, but the 5% catastrophic threshold. That's huge. Uh, and so, you know, home health care is great for those people, too, because they don't always want to go straight to the nursing home. They want somebody to come to their home and take care of them, and they want to be independent as long as they can. So for that Medicare supplement client, we're going to talk dental vision, hearing, cancer, home health care. You know, for the under age 65 client, it is always going to be uh, either an ACA plan or an Obamacare alternative plan or a short term medical plan. Uh, and that's your base plan for those clients. And then we're going to talk out of pocket protection. We're going to talk income protection, which is going to be your cancer, heart attack, and stroke plans, because that's where clients get disabled. And then we are going to talk to them about a home health care plan, because the reason people drop long-term care is because they age, it gets too expensive. So we want to make sure that if they do drop their long-term care, they've got a short-term uh, option, which would be just like a short-term, long-term care disability plan. You can kind of look at it that way. But what the short-term uh, recovery care does is it takes care of being able to build a better elimination period or a longer elimination period on your long-term care plan to get that premium cheaper. So you've got a great retirement package. And of course, on all three of those, life insurance is a no-brainer because the last time I checked, one out of one still dies. So uh, that's undefeated the bundle. You know, I can't I can't make that any better than what it is or any worse if you're the one that's passing on. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of how we set up our sales tracks when we're training so we can keep it simple for the client and yep. for the agent. That's it. And um, I think that if you guys, again, the, the intention of this group here now is that I, I, I truly believe, and, and Galen lives this out, as we do as well, that the future belongs to the portfolio agent, right? The agent who is able to successfully offer multiple products to a client, whereas, and again, you've been in this business longer than I have, but I've been doing this since 2006, and I remember even back then, uh, there was lots of agents who could make a very good living selling just one product, right? And not to say they still can't. They still mm -hmm. can, but it is so much more advantageous at this point to be able to offer multiple products just simply for the purpose of retention. If you just look at that. Retention, persistency, uh, knowing who your agent is. You know, there's some people on this call that have shared with me recently since I was last on your program. Uh, they actually went out and did the presentation as we taught. Hey, you know what? I just went through this great training, had no idea these cancer plans existed. You've got a big hole to fill on that Med Advantage plan. Well, this female agent ended up getting two more clients that she's going to enroll this open enrollment just simply because she asked for the cancer sale. If you get lazy or stagnant in any business, that's when you lose your business. And I think when you don't at least try for three no's on the cancer plan 
or try for three no's on the home health care plan or the dental vision hearing plan or whatever you're offering, you are going to end up leaving an opportunity for the competing agent to come in and grab your customer because that customer is going to doubt your credibility. They're going to go, well, why didn't you call me on that? Why didn't you talk to me about that? You know, the biggest thing that we've got clients doing right, I mean, agents that are our clients, as you well know, are doing right now is calling their clients and checking on them during COVID. And they're finding out exactly what I've told them. Not that I know everything, but I know some things and I know those things very well. When you call that client and say, hey, how's it going? You know, I know you didn't do business with me last open enrollment, but, you know, next open enrollment's right around the corner. But how are you doing with this COVID situation? And an agent called me, matter of fact, it was day before yesterday, saying that the client on the phone literally told him, you know what, I'm going to do business with you because the agent I've been dealing with for 10 years has not called me once during this COVID mess. Wow. And just because he called, He's now got a new client, this open enrollment. So, you know, I think that's really important to check in on your clients. Talk to them about all the new stuff. You know, when you first started selling, you may not have known about portfolio. Companies don't do a great job of getting that out there. Um, you know, I think Edna probably does one of the best jobs as far as portfolio selling because we're kicking butt out there with our products. But everybody's chasing us. Every time you look up, somebody else is launching a new portfolio product. But you got to have a system on how to sell it. And Eric, that's where I think you do a great job for this group because you bring in so many different experts to talk to these folks about what they need to be doing. And so yeah. kudos to you, brother. I mean, that's Thank pretty you. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And if you guys, you know, just to let you know, so Galen is a frequent coach that's uh, in our private university group where she does amazing trainings that just as she mentioned before, if agents will actually practice what she's preaching here, they will make sales, they will help clients. And again, it's not all about the money, but it is about better covering your existing clientele. And so we couple that with the ability now with this, with what we're, what we're teaching in automation and how to use the systems. Like you, the, the, just to the point you were making about reaching out to your clients during COVID, your system could have done that for you, you know, and you could have reached, you know, if you have 500 clients, you could have reached them all in one shot. And those who are wanting to talk to you will schedule a time to talk to you or give you a phone call. But at least it would have shown that, Hey, you are interested in what's going on with them and they feel special as a result of that. So that's, you know, again, those are really important things to, to keep in mind and consider if you want retention when everybody wants retention. So I have something to add to that. You know, when you and I were kind of going through the system again, uh, right before the call, cause I had a couple of questions, you know, on those triggers, that's where you guys could really send out some really kick butt emails and texts that says, by the way, who is your cancer protection with right now? Are you paying around a dollar a day? You know, if you can ask questions like that and get people to go, wait a minute, I don't have cancer protection. And then your next text message through a trigger could be, uh, by the way, did you know you could be out $6,700 on chemo and radiation treatment if you're part of that 77% that gets cancer over age 55? Yep. Well, they may not respond right at that moment, but if you're like me, when I get a text and I read it and I think about it later that night, I'm like, you know, I need to know about that 77% over age 55 because I'm 56. What, what do they mean about that? 
So you could really set up some really awesome stuff through the system. Yeah. Uh, that would get people to make your job easier. Yeah, essentially, you're, you're talking about setting up some, you're, you're planting seeds with some great cross-selling messages that you can get out there so that those seeds are getting planted. And here's the reality is that even when you do that, here's the thing, most people want to see immediate results, but with, especially with drip marketing, as we call it, because you're dripping these messages, um, the, the responses aren't always going to happen instantly. A lot of times, a consumer will need to see the message 10 15, even up to 30 times before they will convert and say, you know what, now I need to call, right? Sometimes it's too late, right? Sometimes the event has happened that they needed the insurance for, it's too late. But the reality is though, with drip content, it does take time to get responses. But if you have nothing in place, you're not giving yourself any chance. And so that's absolutely- That's why all these, web, that's why all these websites have the cookies feature because they know what you're looking at and they want to stay in front of you and keep giving it to you so that you'll eventually go, yeah, I should buy that. Yep. You know, 100%. think about Amazon. Think about Amazon. Every time you buy something on Amazon, you get two other things you should buy with that one thing. When you go to McDonald's, I mean, I love it when agents say, well, cross-selling's not for me. And I'm always like, well, McDonald's does it every day. <laughs> you know, that little 15, 16 year old's better than you are. Are you, te are you telling me that? I mean, that's not really good for you to be saying out loud that you're not good at it. If you're not, then just keep it to yourself. Because, I mean, when we know McDonald's and Wendy's and all these folks are doing it every time we go up to the window, I mean, that's not something I'm going to say out loud to somebody. <laughs> you're I mean, 100 They're not right. going to beat me. I think that sometimes, and we've had this in the conversation before, it's almost like sometimes you should, you should almost treat yourself more like an employee so that you force yourself to say, because that's why they do it, right? They're employees. And so they're like, hey, this is your job. You got no choice. You have to, or you'll get written up. You have to say, do you want fries with that? Or do you want to up, you know, that's part of the job. And I think that sometimes we need to treat ourselves more like employees and less like independents so that we can actually benefit ourselves better in doing that, you know? So- so Wendy, Dave Thomas's daughter, this, this is an interesting fact on cross-selling. And I just learned this like probably in the last three months, but he used to reward his employees when they started the biggie size menu, you know, where they used to do the cross-selling, but then they biggie sized it. So what he did is the more you asked if you wanted to biggie size it or value size it, whatever each company uses, they got a free meal. Well, think about it. If you start treating yourself like the employee that Eric is advocating, you're going to get a whole lot more than a free meal. I mean, yeah. think about what the average premium is on a cancer plan. The average uh, premium at Aetna is $400 a year. If you take that $400 at your commission rate and you do that, I don't know, five times a week, and then you start getting better at it and it becomes 10 times a week, you know, you're going to be doing so well, you're going to be able to give meals away. And okay. that's going to help you write more business because you're going to be giving back. And so I would, I loved what Eric just said. You know, that's one of the great things about these conversations. You always learn from each other. And I think that's what's great about these Facebook groups is somebody's going to say something that somebody's going to go, that's a great idea, but I think if I do this, I can make it better. So if you're hearing something we say and you think you can make it better, by all means, and then share it. Because the more you give back, the more you get.
And I think that that's kind of what happened to Wendy's. I mean, everybody copied their idea. Yeah, I think so. Um, what what I think uh, I, I want to talk about next is I want to kind of get into, I guess, the meat and potatoes of, of what I originally uh, wanted to, to talk about because, you know, yesterday to some, the video I made could be controversial, may not have people that agree with me, specifically FMOs, but then, you know, there could be people who do agree with me. Most agents probably will. But at the end of the day, I think it'd be fitting to have the opinion of an FMO. So I'm going to kind of recap what I said in that, in that video, that live video yesterday, because I think it is, I think I always try to put myself in the, in the seat of the agent, right? Because I've been, I've been in both places. I've been on both sides of the aisle. And so I know, I know what benefits one and what benefits the other. What I say, if you're an independent agent, I said, look, when you're looking for an upline and what an upline should provide to you, because a lot of agents have this fanciful idea of what, what an FMO should provide. And they think it should provide leads, systems, training, support, the whole enchilada, right? Well, at that point, well, why are you independent? At that point, you're, you're essentially, you should be an employee if you're looking for someone to give you everything at no cost, right? So right. what I say you should look for in your upline, and I don't want to just say FMO because it could be your GA, your MGA, just your direct upline. What you should look for, you should look for support. Somebody who has connections with the players at the different carriers so that if something if something is going on with one of your cases that you've written, been sitting there for three weeks, hasn't gotten past underwriting, you can call your upline and your upline knows exactly who to call to help move that app along, right? Huge. That was like one of the best uh, services that I provided when I was in the FMO role, helping agents. They loved that about me, that I was able to call the, the movers and shakers, as I call them, of the companies who can get stuff done. That's one benefit I talk about. The other one, training support. Somebody who can tell you, hey, this is how you can increase revenue, or this is how you can learn about how to sell this product well, so that you can actually make have good results. But um, where I told them they shouldn't look for in an FMO is tools, because I think that in if you're an independent agent, you should be the one paying for your own tools. Because if you ever, for any reason, need to separate from that FMO, it doesn't have to be that you clashed. There's other reasons that people separate as well. It doesn't have to be on bad terms. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. you, you, you keep your systems and you continue, your business continues flowing as normal, even though on the back end, you're making a contract transition. So I say that you, mm -hmm. as an agent, you should always be responsible for paying for your own tools. You should not rely on your FMOs and uplines for that. And second is leads. With leads, the only time that I say, and again, there's always, there's always going to be exceptions to this, right? But most of the part time with leads, you want to really only expect your upline to give you that if they're in turn going to have you on a lower contract. There has to be give and take, right? An FMO shouldn't be required to provide you leads at, when you're at a street level or higher, right? They shouldn't because you're, again, it goes back to you're a business. You decided you want to be an independent agent, so you're a business. And, and I think that you should in turn you have to have skin in the game. So pay for your own tools, pay for your own leads. If you are going to expect your, your FMO to, to give you leads, then you, you should expect they're going to ask you to be on a lower contract. And I don't think that that should be demonized because at the end of the day, it is a spread situation. We've got to look at the finances on the back end and how it all, how to make it all work. So 
that's that's Absolutely. what I said. And I don't know, again, if there's any of those points that you disagree <laughs> with, I, it's okay to tell me you disagree or agree. Um, I just want your perspective on it because, and, and let me just make one more point that when it, again, coming, coming back to Lee's, there are, there still is a situation where there are people who want to get in this business who truly have no money. Um, you know, I think they are best suited to, to align themselves with those FMOs who are willing to put you on lower contracts, teach you a system, provide you leads so that you can make money. I think that's, that's to me, a very commendable thing that uplines can do. Um, pending that there's some good things that they also put contractually, like as a, as an example, um, Galen, if I wanted you, if I wanted to work under you and take a lower contract, cause you're going to provide me leads, I would just ask that, you know, at the, if I feel that I've saved up enough capital where I can take care of my own leads now that you would allow me to move up to a street level contract or hire whatever, whatever I'm deserving of based on production. And, but, but I, what I always say is an FMO will probably let you do that, but they're going to want you to stay in their hierarchy. And again, I think that's fair. Because if Galen, if you're the one who taught me how to sell, if you taught me everything, I think it's fair that I still stay under you, even if my contract level moves up. What are your thoughts? Well, so there's three things. Uh, the first thing I'll talk about is the golden handcuff theory. And I'll talk about independence. And I'll talk about what is fair. Uh, so let's talk about the golden handcuff thing. You know, so many times when people are in a captive organization and they want to go out on their own. That's always hard for the person that's brought them into the business because they're like, you know, I helped you, you're helping me. It's kind of like having a child. And when that child's ready to go out on their own, it's, it's, it's almost hurtful. It, you're, you're proud of that person, but at the same time, you're like, I thought we were partners. I thought we were doing so well. And so you have to kind of go through that mother a child thing. And so what I would say in the FMO world, so that's the reason I'm separating those two. If you're a captive organization or a career agent, you know, this, this doesn't apply to you, what I'm getting ready to say. You probably 100. need to stay where you're at. Where you're, at. Mm -hmm. you're probably doing very well. I know lots of captive and career organizations that do well. And I don't really like the word captive because I think it sounds like you're being held uh, without your permission and exclusive. a lot of the career exclusive. And I think the career organizations that I know out there are really, really good, yeah. but the golden handcuff theory, you know, when you start looking at going with organizations that provide you all these things that keep you from being independent, you're held hostage. And a lot of that is a CRM system. If they're providing you a CRM system at no cost for free, there's a cost for it somewhere. It may not be in your commission, but if you decide to leave for whatever reason, and I agree with what Eric said 100%, nine out of 10 times, people don't leave FMOs because they don't like somebody. They're leaving an FMO because of another opportunity or they're leaving an FMO because they want different products or different lines. And a lot of times you can stay with that FMO. I mean, you have to kind of work it out. But if all your stuff is in their CRM and they contractually have a relationship with you that you're not entitled to that, if you leave, you're setting yourself up for some big trouble. So... I would stay away from that. I would spend your money on your own CRM. You know, I've been through Eric several times. I've been through several other people's several times. We have our own CRM. 
But for an independent agent, and I just told Eric this, uh, man, his is awesome, especially a lot of these new improvements he's done, because I haven't seen those in these others that I've looked at. So uh, no one call and attack me if you're watching this that has something else, but I have not seen it. But independence really is that. It's being independent. It means you're buying your own leads. It means you're taking care of your business. It means that you eventually want to grow into something else. And if you tie yourself to somebody that's not going to let you do that, that's a problem. When I speak to the way we do our thing, um, like we have a lead enhancement bonus. So when a guy writes X amount of points with us, he gets a lead reimbursement. So he can take that money and he can buy leads from whoever he wants. We don't get those leads. We don't ever see those leads. We're not tied with that. So those are your leads with your money. What we're giving you is an agent loyalty type bonus. You've been good to us. We want to be good to you. So that's that's the way we do that deal. Can, can I can I just say so um, that can kind of be considered because mm -hmm. that was the one thing that I did I, I mentioned yesterday too that they should look towards for, from an FMO. It, we call it marketing support, right? Marketing dollars. So you're you're doing it. It's a, it's a different way. It's not straight up saying, "Hey, I'm giving you cash." It's like because you produced and because you're we're good partners, I'm going to give you this bonus money. You can do whatever you want with it, whether it be reinvesting. Right. It is a it's a form of marketing support, right? And I think that that's, that's another great thing. Yeah. And so, and the other thing that we do, and uh, we do probably based on what agents tell me, um, some FMOs may disagree. So I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. But we do a whole lot more training than a lot of FMOs out there. We constantly either have trainings going on through Queen of the Bundle, or we've got trainings going on through our FMO channel, or we've got trainings that go on through our marketers. And all of our trainers, know how to cross sell because that is so important to you being independent. When you go out on your own, if you're not cross selling, you're like everybody else. And it's hard to compete when you're like everybody else. It's easier to compete when you're different. When you go out there and you're buying these leads and you're using these support dollars to go get the best lead you can get, you've got to make sure that your cost per acquisition or your ROI is in line for you to be able to remain independent. So we teach a lot of our agents how to do that. So I think training is important. I know all of the people that are on the Queen of the Bundle and other uh, groups I'm in, they always laugh because when they call, I answer their phone call. You know, I, I literally answer it. And if I can't, I usually text them and say, I'm on a call or uh, I'll try to get back with you. Poor Eric for two days. I've been like, man, I just got so slammed. I'll call you. I'll call you tomorrow. I promise. <laughs> and then I'll call you the next day. But I make sure that I get back with you. And one good thing with our marketers and with any FMO, I, I, I know you all have your preferred FMOs and that's fantastic, but they should call you back. You should be so important to them that when you call, they either take your call or they have a good reason for not to, and they're gonna call you right back. So I think that is highly, highly important. And as far as what Eric said about the lower contract, you know, I'll just tell you this, once you get hooked on that lower contract lead deal, it is hard to get off of it uh, because you're, you, you went straight from being spoiled to spoiled again. Mm 
So if you can find the way to go from being spoiled to totally independent and just getting the street level contract, like agents are surprised when they work with us because we will call them and tell them they are going to get to move to the next level. We watch their production. We, we find out when they get to move and we try to be on top of that. It's not that we're perfect at it. We're, we miss occasionally because we do have quite a few agents, but if you get on that street level deal and you get to that next level, your FMO should be calling you and saying, Hey, congratulations. You know, you have done so well, you get to go to the next level because companies set that for us. We don't set that for companies. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about what Eric said, as far as support of calling people at carriers and getting things done. As a matter of fact, I'll call a company out today. I won't call them out by name, but it's a carrier I work with. And um, I, I'm, on, I'm in all these Facebook groups. And I found a situation where an agent was having trouble with some claims issues. And the operations person literally went to the CMO and said, why is she getting involved in this? And he goes, because she's the champion of our company. She loves our company and she doesn't want agents complaining about us out here. She wants us to fix it. And sure enough, the agent that got his problem resolved called me, thanked me. And by the way, not in my downline. Just so you oh, know. Yeah. Uh, so when that operations person says that, it drives me a little crazy because we all should be watching out for each other. All FMOs, when they see that happening, should say, hey, I, I know somebody who can help you with that. Yeah. And that's what I did. I got on the phone and got them some help. And, you know, that agent's happy as he can be right now because his customer got taken care of. And when you help each other, it's just a better world to live in. Trust me, we're starting to find that out in COVID that our world before COVID wasn't really that bad. Yep. So, you know, just helping each other and supporting each other, I think is very important. Yeah. So, so far, it sounds like it's putting a smile on my face. Sounds like <laughs> you haven't really disagreed with anything that I had, that I had mentioned yesterday, which is good because I do know there are FMOs who disagree but it's only because, again, you're talking about the golden handcuffs, right? They want the golden mm -hmm. handcuffs. And that's why I'm saying I can understand from the FMO's perspective why they would want you to use their systems, their tools, get locked in with them because it locks you in with them. It makes it harder for you to make that decision to leave for any reason because you have, you're so integrated with them in so many things. So I can 100% understand that. But Again, at the end of the day, I put myself in the agent's perspective because this group is not for FMOs. This group is for agents and how to benefit and help you guys grow and, and also how to help protect you in cases, right? And so again, who we're talking to right now, we're talking to the independent agents. We're talking to the people who are on street level contracts we're talking or higher, you know, based on production. But, but we're talking to you guys. We're, the, the captive organizations, we're, they're a different conversation. It's a different scenario. It, it doesn't really apply to what we're talking about here today. So I don't want anybody in those arenas to, to kind of think that that's who we're talking to. And again, I made that, that, that caveat there where there are going to be some people who actually could do well in this business, but they need that, that lead support. So they're willing to take those lower contracts so that they can get that lead support and become awesome and save up that capital with the intent that they will eventually move out of that situation and into being independent. 
So I just, again, I want to reiterate those points because I don't want to, I don't want my, my words to be mistaken by anybody. I think that there is absolutely a reason that every situation exists and they are good for others. Um, I also, again, let's go back to one of the conversations we had. I, I like this conversation about um, you and I, you know, we, we run organizations, we run call centers. And so in our call center situations, we have people we employ. They're not 1099. They're actually employed. We pay a base salary. We give them a bonus structure. Um, you know, and there's there's been places and other forums uh, that have kind of, I don't know if the word demonize it is a good word, but they have talked bad about it, right? Like, you know, somebody will be like, hey, because what happens is sometimes our our employees will join these forums. They'll see what everyone is posting about being independent and they'll be like, dude, I'm getting the shaft, right? It's just like, well, you're you're not in that situation for for a few reasons. First of all, and and I think that had you, if you want to go be that situation, go ahead and do it. One of the things I do is I like to make it pretty transparent what it takes to be an independent agent at the level that they are in a call center, because they look at how many leads we provide them, how we're feeding them, the systems we provide them, the everything. They look at it all and they see their production. They're like, man, I'm a great producer. I'm writing 30 apps a month. You know, if I go look at these independent forums, these guys aren't writing 30 apps a month. Can you imagine what I would make if I go out to the independent channel and write 30 apps a month? So they have this mentality that because they write it, all these apps that we, we actually position them to do, right, through our investments, they think they can just jump in the independent channel. And, and then that's where I think a lot of the bad talk starts to happen because they're just like, man. And they have a, and they have a hard time tucking their tail between their legs and coming back and saying, hey, I made a mistake. You know, I've had that happen almost all my career because I've been involved in some type of career organization since I began. You know, as most people know us, we, we have two channels. We have a direct consumer and we have brokerage. And when someone leaves, they automatically think, A, it's easy to get credit, B, that insurance company is going to give me all the advances that they've given somebody that's been in this business for a long time. They, they think it's a free-for-all. And they get out there and they discover it's not as easy as they thought. And instead of just being transparent and saying, hey, I thought that was going to be so much easier. I have a whole new respect for you. Can I come back? That's the way to approach it. So if you are a career agent that's made the decision and it was a wrong decision to go independent and it happens 90% of the time, it's a big number because when you've been in a career organization and you've made over six figures and then you go independent and you see all the expenses that come with it, it's not all the upside you think it is. And so sometimes it's very smart of you to just say, hey, I don't know that it was a mistake. I really wanted to go here, but I just wasn't prepared. You know, you nobody has to be wrong in that situation. And that's what I tell employees when they come back, you know, because a lot of them feel like they have to beg for their position. But I always tell them, go out there for 30 days, see how it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, then come back. And then I've had people come back 90, 180 days and go, hey, that wasn't for me, you know, and, and I try to prep career agents to be able to come back and just say, hey, I underestimated that. <laughs> I have no idea. But then you have people that are meant to go on and be on their own. 
And when they do and they're successful, it does make you proud, uh, you know, because you were instrumental yes. in getting that person to where they are. You know, now they don't really appreciate you until years down the road. And I have been fortunate because 35 year career, I've run across a lot of these career agents that I have been happy to train who have told me, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at without you. They now advocate for me on Facebook. They say things, say nice things about me. And I think that that is what we're all working for is to make somebody happy to create leaders, to create positive things. Like you guys on the phone here, you're creating positive things for your clients. But I will just say one other thing to what Eric said. You know, I don't agree with every single FMO that's out there. I do things a little differently, um, but I agree with 90% of them. Most of the FMOs out there that I compete with head on, and Eric knows the top 10, top 15, they are some of my best friends in the world. I, when we go on conventions, I'm hanging out with them. I go have dinners with them. I travel to see them. They travel to see me. And people are shocked that we hang out together because the truth of the matter is, it's like Ray Kroc used to say, if you build next to your competitor, they know more about what you're going through than anybody else does. And there's enough people in the world that we can serve both clients and serve clients both and i think that's the way we need to see things we need to see things as you know the more we can share with people in our industry the better we are and secondly if you start seeing everybody as a competitor then you get bitter and you will never get better as long as you're bitter and so if your fmo is not making you better then you're getting better you're getting you're getting bitter my Texas accent got in the way there. Um, so what I would do is really focus on just trying to figure out what works best for you. The And, and I'm going to give Eric a plug here, and he did not ask for it, and y'all won't believe that, but he did. <laughs> I swear to God, on a stack of Bibles. I have no But I was just going through his system, and one of the things I asked him about was, you know, a couple of different things, because I have agents all the time that come to the Queen of the Bundle trainings or just FMO trainings we do. And they'll say, which CRM? What do you like about what you do? And what I'll tell you is every CRM has something special uh, that makes it stand out. But I think the difference is with the Eric CRM and going through it again today is you literally could go independent today with his system and have all you need. And to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, I've been talking about building an organic website for myself, for my agents, uh, our direct consumer side. And everybody wants to tell you how difficult it is and how much it's going to cost and, you know, and you're going to own it and we're going to have it done for you in 30 days and it's going to be a lot of hours. I just went through Eric Fierro's system. He told me what it costs to get involved in this. That is going to be the cheapest business plan any of you guys are going to be offered. I've been doing this a long time. 
Um, I would love for everybody to think I got started when I was five, but I was 22 when I got started in the insurance business. I'll be 57 next uh, Wednesday. And I will tell you that honest to goodness, you just can't get a better buy. I mean, when he was showing me the website template, I was like, okay, hold up. That's what I was wanting to build. I mean, that's a good deal. And so before we get too much further in the FMO thing, I did want to put that plug in there because I think so many of you are sitting there thinking, I got to go build this myself. I got to go do this myself. I got to go do that myself because I've been there. I've done that. Eric's been there, done that. And you don't have to do that. It, you've got this easy ABC system. And for a uh, one type A personality to many others, that makes life so much simpler. You stay married longer, I'll just tell you, because it's easier. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to throw in that plug because I, I, I love the system. I think it's great. I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, yeah, that, that's ultimately the, the whole intent of, of the system. I, I, I'm an agent. I've been an agent for years. And, and that's kind of where I, everything that I'm doing is from the viewpoint of an agent and how can I make my life more efficient and more productive and allow me to scale the business. And, uh, and a lot of it, especially in this day and age is going to start becoming more and more reliant on having some amazing tools at your disposal on top of your techniques for selling and, and how you actually approach leads. So I appreciate that very much. And being efficient. I mean, tracking things is where agents lose money. If you're not tracking your commissions, if you're not tracking your clients, if you're not tracking the calls, calls are expensive. Leads are expensive, but calls are more expensive. That's what people don't realize. When you're calling somebody, that's your time. And one of the things I do when I train any uh, career agent or direct consumer agent, I tell them every hour is worth $500. You're getting paid more than any attorney you know. And the good thing is for you, you could literally make $500 an hour if you keep busting it in this independent channel, especially with portfolio selling. Most of the agents I talk to on a daily, weekly basis make uh, almost double what attorneys make. Yeah. And if you think about that, that's a pretty good business for us to all be in because those guys went to school for six years, some of them seven. And you know, that's a lot of investment not to be able to go out and immediately make money. Yeah. With you getting an insurance license, you can immediately go make money and having this system, the CRM system, you're being more efficient with where you spend your money. Yep. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So again, I think that what we can gather from this conversation is that you guys you guys have a, a pretty good idea now of what I think you should fairly expect from your upline if you're deciding on who to go with. We kind of we gave you guys the checklist of what you should look for. It's not to say that some won't offer some better things than others, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of your alignment with who you choose as an upline also has to do with the synergy you have with that upline, right? The the how well you meld mesh with them, uh, get along with them and allowing them to show you how well they can support you. Um, so I think all the points that Galen made are 100% correct. And, um, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, it's a, it's a hard decision. A lot, that's why a lot of people stress over it. Uh, and again, we're trying to make it, I guess we're trying to give you a good checklist so that you know if you're gonna interview, 
FMOs, you know what questions to ask. And, and again, it's always good to ask your friends, right? So after you get your answers, check with some people who have worked with these FMOs and see what their experience has been, right? Would you recommend doing that? Absolutely. That's very good advice. I mean, you know, one of the things that I think is just like your referrals that you get from your clients, those are typically better than your leads because honestly, you may have sold the lead and then that client referred you somebody, but that client that referred that person, they already did the sales job for you. Now you just got to deliver on what they said you could do. It's the same thing with an FMO. You know, that I would say that's probably where we get 90% of our agents that come to us are through other agents. Um, and we love that because it makes us feel good that we're taking care of our agent force. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's the same way with you, with your client, the yep. agents, our client, the insured yours. So, you know, we just always want to make sure that we deliver, that we're transparent, um, that the agent has a lot of trust with us. And, um, and you know, there's always going to be somebody out there that bad mouths somebody else. It happens. Uh, but fortunately for us, we don't bad mouth other FMOs. And for the most part, we don't get bad mouth much at all, I don't think. Um, and so I, I think that unity is good for our industry. Um, and I think the fact that um, agents have Facebook to kind of know what to expect, you already know what you need to be asking. It's not like 20 years ago when you'd be like, I don't know what to ask this guy. I guess he knows what he's talking about. Um, so the good news is you, you guys have a lot of tools, especially in this group, um, to know what you need to be doing. And that's, yeah. I think that's reassuring and it's exciting. I want to, I want to end this, uh, this awesome conversation then on, uh, you mentioned bad mouthing and I kind of want to make a note about that. Uh, and the reason I'm saying this is not that I don't feel that people should make others aware, uh, if they've had a bad experience, but okay. Big, but here I'm friends with so many of the leaders of organizations that are out here helping the insurance agencies, uh, or insurance agents at large. And I think that whenever, whenever something goes wrong with maybe people that an interaction with someone that it may not even be us directly, right? It's most likely going to be someone that we employ or someone that represents mm -hmm. us. You know, whenever something goes wrong, I guess what I would always ask of an agent or what I would ask you as an independent agent, what you should do is if somebody at an organization you're working with has wronged you and it's not directly the owner of the company, take the grievance to the owner first and allow them an opportunity to correct it for you before you take it to Facebook and put them on blast. Because what Absolutely. you sometimes is it is incredibly difficult to build up a reputation in the industry. It's incredibly difficult to try to create a good name for ourselves in the industry. And nowadays it's a lot easier to tear that down when things aren't done correctly or when, when somebody just immediately goes to the masses and puts, puts a company on blast. I think that if you have an issue with something, you know, First, try to go to the owner of the company and see if they will help you to correct it. See, allow them that opportunity. If at that point they still don't do it for you or they, you know, give you a real bad taste in your mouth, that's a different story. But before you blast it all over Facebook, I would just say, you know, please first go to the owner of the company and allow them the opportunity 
to correct whatever the grievance is. What do you think about that? I think you're right. I'll quote my business partner on this, Taylor Martin. He always says, you can't fix a problem you don't know about. And I think that that is what we're saying. I mean, at least give the people that actually form the company the opportunity to make it right. Or you can leave there going, you know what? I tried. I, I tried to go to the top and it just didn't, it didn't get fixed. But I think that that's really good advice. And, and I love that you say that because I think that that's one of the things that Facebook doesn't do a good job of. Um, you know, it doesn't give the full side of the story. You only hear the good stuff or you only hear the really bad stuff. You don't hear the real stuff sometimes. And I think being able to uh, give that advice to this group is just amazing and great. Awesome. Well, I, again, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to jump in here. Like I said, this, uh, the senior sales coach group is is one that I want to get re-engaged again and get it going. And uh, there's a lot of amazing agents that are a part of this group. So again, I just want to try to bring value and great content. And you are such a huge uh, believer and giving value to people without asking anything in return. And I always love that about mm. you, which is why you're, you know, you're always invited to, to jump on here anytime you want to talk to people. Well, anything we can do, always know. I mean, you're going to run into objections. We know how to fix those. Uh, anything we can do to help anybody, let us know. And you guys have a great Friday afternoon and a great weekend. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, and I guess we'll Bye. talk soon, Galen. See you later. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you want access to a huge discount on this proven system that gets agents writing business, increasing their revenues, and providing the ability to scale 100% over the phone, then send me a text message at 480-573-7559. This is a discount on the all-access package and applies to life and Medicare agents in the senior insurance industry. If you want access to the product knowledge, the scripts, the tools, the ongoing training, then you found the right place at SeniorSalesUniversity.com. Again, SeniorSalesUniversity.com. See you on the next one.